my face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Beltro spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Beltro spirit. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the podcast that took it a little too literally this week when the coach told us to take the opposition by the balls at the halftime break. Mm-hmm. You are listening to The Back Pocket. I am joined, as always, by Alistair not concussed just a migraine Hampton. I always have and a migraine. It's been round 20. Uh, it has been. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm tired. Yeah. Football takes a lot out of you and then you have to go straight back to work. You do. That's... And then you have to get on the podcast. And then sometimes you watch The Ashes until 1am <laughs> to watch Australia lose. I'm not that dumb. Yeah, I am. Um... <laughs> Uh, I, I saw someone the other day, in all sincerity, tweet a whole bunch of people on here wanting Sam Kerr to play with a fucked calf who are really concerned about Aaliyah Aaliyah. It's like, yeah, because you can't get you can't get brain trauma from a calf injury. Like you, you can irreversibly damage it. Yeah, but for sure. Not the same. No, like you can live a life with a bung calf. Yikes! Uh, is, anyway. that, is that what we're leading into? Or are we going into votes? No, no, let's go into votes. Um, who's your one? My one goes to Nick Vlosten. Fair enough, in my uh, special mentions. He gets my my vote because uh, he held that back line together in a game where everyone else failed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he had 20 disposals, 8 marks, uh, 15 intercept possessions, 6 pressure acts, 9 rebound 50s, 3 one percenters, and 350 metres gained. Not his fault, petty kick 6. He did his best. There were there were holes everywhere. You mentioned petty kicking 6 on you. Um, yeah, it was strange. They... Looked like they were in control at halftime, and then they just kind of went, oh, okay, that was fun. It's um, a bad loss. Let, let Melbourne roll away with that. It, it's crazy how Melbourne just keep having these really uninspiring wins lately, but they're still rolling along, and they just locked their spot in the top four away. So It's one of those things where teams only have to turn it on for a quarter or two to win, and those are usually the best sides. Absolutely, so. and Gorn, is, his second half was insane. Yeah, his um, last quarter I think especially. he had 100% time on ground again in the last quarter. That's two weeks in a row now, um, where he's been probably best on in that last those last quarters. Hmm. Uh, so... I don't think Grundy's come back anytime soon. Doubt it. Um, my one was to Bailey Dale, uh, who had 37 disposals, 11 of which were rebounds, 9 intercepts, 31 kicks. Uh, That's a lot of kicks. So he had 793 metres gained with zero bounces, <laughs> which is insane. Um, he had 8 marks, 4 intercept marks, and 11 pressure acts. Really good game. Probably the Bulldogs' best Uh Bailey Dale's another one in my list is like, I can never tell if they're a proper defender or not. Yeah, this week I, f- I felt like he was. I know he took a flying, I think he kicked the goal and took a flying shot at the end, but I think mm. it was just a desperation style stuff yeah. in that last quarter when Jitter Boyce had gone on top. Um, that's become a serious rivalry. Like those games are consistently good football. Um, but yeah, uh, one vote, Bailey Dale. Cool. Well, I want to mention my non-one vote. Right, okay. I wanted to give a vote to Nick Haynes, who came on as the sub. He, it was, Can you give a vote to a sub? It's two games he's been really good as a sub. Um, Elliot Yo was also the defensive super sub mm-hmm. on the weekend. Like, both knocking that ball out of bounds yep. on the wing and that set mark he took. They don't, probably don't win that game without him getting subbed on, so. Uh, stuff. It would have been close. I think... Uh, regardless of him being there, they would have won it because North Melbourne don't know how to man up in yeah, pressure situations. Horrible, horrible. And also they probably don't sub off Bazo, who was their only key defender, True. and Larky wouldn't have kicked three goals in the last quarter. Um, so my two votes goes to Will Powell from the Gold Coast Totally Suns. fair. He was really good. Uh, 28 disposals, six marks, nine intercept possessions, 11 pressure acts, 444 metres gained, seven rebound 50s, and played on dangerous smalls. Um, yep. So he defended well and he kept giving them drive. That's why he gets two votes from me. 
Absolutely. Easy. Easy uh, My two votes was to Alex Pierce. Fair um, enough. I should just go ahead and say that he's my three. Three, yep. Uh, he did a number on Hawkins. Yep. Uh, I know Hawkins kicked two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierce won three out of four contested one-on-ones, and winning any against Hawkins is usually a massive feat. Um, he had eight spoil, uh, six spoils, eight pressure acts, two tackles, and six rebounds. But more importantly, eight marks, all of which were intercepts, mm-hmm. and 18 disposals, 15 of which were intercepts, and 10 contested. Um, he slid down a bit for me because he had a few times where umpire decisions gone the other way. It might have resulted in a goal, but he got um, you have to get lucky in those situations. And he put his body on the line consistently all day. It's his best game for the year by, by a, a stretch. Um, and yeah, w- without his game, I think Geelong probably come back and win that in that last quarter. They were storming over them. Yeah, I um, think he played really smart footy in the last. I he think w- he and uh, a couple of other players along that back line really held it together and did the smart thing every single chance. They didn't let anything slip, which is the main reason they won that game, yeah, to be honest. And they've really, um, I think their defensive style really clogs up Geelong's smash it forward and run game. Um, that's three in a row they've beaten Geelong, two of mm-hmm. which are in Geelong. Uh, Jordan Clark has a 3-0 record against Geelong since leaving. That annoy um, you? No, I just think it's, I'd, I'd love to know if there's any other players in the comp right now with that kind of record. Because um, the only teams that have a streak against Geelong are Frio and GWS. And it would have to be players that have played in all of those games. So, uh, hey, hey Young, maybe, who did a great job on Dangerfield, came out of the back line. Yeah, that was surprising. Um, uh, so, I guess I'll roll into my three, mm. since that was yours. Uh, my three was Jacob Wiedering. Okay, um, Jacob Wiedering's my four. Your four? Uh, awesome. Um, this is easy. Easy week. <laughs> taking care of business week in, week out, waiters. Uh, six spoils, five defensive half pressure acts, had one one-on-one contest and won it. Um, uh, he hasn't lost a defensive one-on-one in a month. Yeah, he's playing great footy. 18 touches, nine of which rebounds, 10 of which were intercepts, 11 marks, six intercepts, two contested. But it was just the way he went about it. He mm-hmm. marshaled that back line. Um, the talls probably had more effect on the game than the smalls, but still really didn't have much damage. Collingwood's midfield was forced to kick a lot of their goals. Uh, yeah, a great game again from from Weedering. He's just in incredible form at the moment. Uh, Zach Merritt's words last week about thinking he's the best defender in the comp or mm. one-on-one defender, looking more and more accurate by the week. Um, I still think there's someone you could claim that might be better, um, but I think Weedering's form and the fact that you said there are two talls, uh, a couple of talls kick goals there at the end, I think that's down to the change in Lewis Young for Brody Kemp. Yeah. We are, we, Tarleton are losing... A few more goals to Tolls, but the run and, and carry and game, sense. and game sense is much better. Um, so I think that's an, a trade-off most teams would take, to I be would honest. I agree. Um, I think it's uh, interesting. I was thinking about it earlier when I was vacuuming the car that earlier this season you gave your rundown of what was going wrong with Carlton, mm. and I gave some reasons why it might not have been that bad. And now here we are looking a lot better. And I had Dad say to me that I was uh, a bit kind with the reasons I gave. And now here we are six wins later. I'm feeling very happy with my assessment mm. that it wasn't as bad as it was because they're Look like they're set for finals at the moment pretty comfortably. So, um, and anything can go this year, but they've locked themselves at the top of that bracket of teams mm. fighting for it. Well, it's it's all down to that ball movement improving. Yep. What I was talking about, mids kicking uh, goals, absolutely. which they have been. So, um, and the forwards kicking goals too, which is most important. Um, Sam Taylor is my four. Okay, Sam Taylor is my five. So that's easy. Five, cool. So, um, we'll roll to my five in a second. But uh, Sam Taylor, no surprise, Sam featured again. Uh, he is in a. Wild amount of form. My note here just says he's the best defender in the game. He is. Uh, and I think we had that discussion earlier in the year when he got injured. Uh, mm. Like back in round four or something, we are talking about is he the best defender in the comp. Yeah. The answer is definitely yes. Yes. Um, 14 spoils, 11 pressure acts. All eight of his marks were intercepts. Four of them were contested. He had 18 disposals and 15 of those were intercepts. He had five score launches from defensive 50. Um, 
and gave Norton a bath. Uh, he's good. He's really good. Yeah, uh, I don't really... He's a lock for Australian, despite the fact that he missed all six games. Yeah, um, but that happens. We, we saw it happen with Stuart last year. Mm. Um, he, he's making it. Uh, which leads me to my five, which I think you were looking confused for, and it's Nick Newman. Um, oh, okay. If not for a teammate kicking a bag, he was best on round by a long way, in my opinion. Um, yeah. He pissed off Collingwood all day in like which the is best great. kind of way. The Mason Cox, which um, is good. Like I said, he's just the right side of the dickhead line. Um, and he had 25 disposals at 85, 11 of which were contested, nine were intercepts and five rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, despite having just one inside 50, he had five score involvements and three score launches. Uh, no disposals or contested defensive one-on-ones, but he had seven tackles and 20 pressure acts. And provided my favourite moment of the match, which was Mason Cox pretending like he didn't know who he was and taking his number before he went to the bench to get subbed off (laughs) as Newman had 18 more touches and marshalled the rest of the game. Um, He is in really good form. I feel like you leaving him out this week makes out for me leaving him out last week, so we'll just balance those votes across the two. Easy. Um, Um, It's it's one of those ones where if you actually picked an All-Australian team with positions, you need your lockdown defender, you're probably picking Newman. It's like a couple of years ago, it was probably Buse. It's Newman now. Um, he causes headaches for smalls mm-hmm. all across the comp. Uh, Collingwood did not find it easy getting into that forward line, and he was just pissing everyone off um, in in the best way. So, a grub in the right way, yeah. Hopefully, never takes it too far. <laughs> um, all right, well that's a that's a that's a wrap. Um, you, gave, you gave eight votes to Carlton players, Jack. You're so biased. Yeah, I gave all of my votes to players from three games. Mm. Um, that's true. Which which I just I. Couldn't look past it, though. I couldn't. Give, I didn't want to give a vote to Haynes because that would have been two from one. Um, so. I almost gave a vote to Mac Andrew. Uh, mm-hmm. He was really, really good. He deserved the rising. I said it to you during the game. I said he's going to get it this week, despite how good Hewitt was for West Coast again. Uh, Andrew, in a massive game against Brisbane, was brilliant. One of the best wins of their career, um, I reckon. Does not take a backward step. Uh, and my other special mention was Brandon Zirk Thatcher. Despite a few moments he had, which probably you know let him down in situations, he was really good again. Um, he, ha- he, ha- he was out of his depth. Yeah. Um, but, but I think he's really getting there. He battles. Um, and some support for him, potentially, is uh, our, our favourite thing to say every week. Don't delist a forward and do try them <laughs> in defence. Essendon put Sam Wiedemann in the back line this week. Uh, he was nearly best on ground. Uh, they got belted by Sydney. He had 25 disposals, 13 intercepts, uh, 5 intercept marks and 7 spoils. Be interesting to see how he goes in a more balanced game where it's not being pumped in there. Yeah, absolutely. But a, um, a really good game from him. Um, uh, but their backline's probably one of their strengths at the moment. Yeah, they don't. They need keys. I mean, Harrison Jones is in and out of the side due to fitness, not not form. But Stringer's all over the place. Tip and Woody's yeah, never fit. It's the spot he was in that they need players in, yeah. not the other way around. Um, we have a big debut for Adelaide this week, uh, and I say big not only because love a key defender debuting, mm. uh, but also because I don't think I've seen. A larger debutante in my life. Um, James Borlase, uh, or Borlase, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, we'll is find a out. key defender. And if you haven't seen him yet and you're listening to this podcast, go to Adelaide's Twitter because he is massive. He is 192 centimetres, which is not tall for a key defender, but he's 101 kilos. Mm. Uh, his official player sponsor is apparently Truck and Car Brake Service, which makes sense because he is an absolute chassis <laughs> of a man. Um, he... Could be an interesting matchup against Casbolt this week, uh, being that size, only a couple of kilos lighter. Um, he has a Sandful Premiership captain dad and a three-time netball world champion mum. Uh, so some serious breeding stock there. But, uh, yeah, massive unit. Like, genuinely large lad. He's a, uh, he's a, he's a I, wide I lad. can't imagine how big he's going to be when he grows up. 
That's terrifying. He was, I think he weighed in at like 95 kilos at his draft combine. That's not a child. <laughs> right? It's terrifying. Um, he was born in 2002, Alistair. How does that make you feel? Sad, mostly. Oh. He's 20. Yeah, that's that's a big boy. Yeah, okay. Um, I was thinking he was 18, so no, he's no. got a few years on that. Um, didn't even make it into my write-up at Adelaide early this year because I just didn't think he was going to debut with the keys they had down there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, look uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like I say, um, Casbolt's a really good matchup for a key defender that size. So uh, probably expect Hinge would take key, uh, King, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I wrote topics and then it just said concussion. Uh, <laughs> Shouldn't laugh, That's a Jack. mess going on right now. I, I don't know how the AFL handle it. Um, I think the first thing to say is, man, it fucking sucks that Max Lynch has to retire at 24. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we, we just talked about him last week on the podcast. Um, was it last week? Yeah. No, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, it was I think a couple so. of weeks ago. Maybe two weeks, yeah. Because you said you were listening to a Max Lynch podcast, right? I was, yeah. Well, yeah, no, no, okay. he was just a, a, a guest on one episode. Okay. Yeah, um, I remember that. Um, see, now I remember Max Lynch. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> just probably don't remember him because he's played 11 games and had nine mm. concussions. Yeah, it's, it's uh, shocking. But no, uh, that's that's bad, not good. Yeah, terrible. And it, like he was saying that he's loved this year um, that he's been able to do some work with the women's team and doing mm-hmm. some coaching and development stuff. Um, but he even said like that he was happy to get into a routine. That he was, he started saying that he felt a bit lost when he didn't have a routine, and then he kind of backtracked onto it. So he felt a bit lost because his concussions were so bad at first that like he wasn't sure whether it was the lack of a routine or how how bad he was going. Yeah. So. The fact that he like was able to talk that candidly about it shows obviously how bad it has gotten, that it's just kind of a, a part of his life. And it's best to stop now. Absolutely. Um, I, I saw the speech he gave to the team. Um, it's just really composed. So I hope he has a future in, in coaching and, and development because uh, he's clearly a much-loved figure. He was a much-loved figure at Collingwood. I think a lot of those boys are still in touch with him as one of those players. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and then obviously, yeah, the, the other one is I don't know what the AFL do about Port. It's, it's really funny that I think any other week – Tuke Miller grabbing Zorko by the nuts in attacker would be getting so much more media mm-hmm. uh, had there not been two players who were definitely concussed, yep. both allowed to go back on, uh, and now both are in concussion protocols and missing mm-hmm. this week. They failed a test um, a day later. Yeah, so they just couldn't find the SCAT 5 test for some reason. Uh, they didn't take 15 minutes either. They The AFL nope. mandates that. So considering they gave Richmond a $100,000 fine for breaching a COVID protocol, not even this like a has big to be one, bigger. this has to be a massive slap. Um, they have an independent reviewer at the ground, I've learnt, that that tells people, and if they are flagged, they have to do that test, and they didn't do it. They didn't do it. That's, yeah, not good. Um, the, and the only it's, other one I can think of this year um, was the Cosy Pickett into Bailey Smith, yeah. and that, that wasn't, and I mean, that was because it wasn't flagged, and they argued that he hit his shoulder, but I feel like even then you should be doing it. But like this one was... Take the precaution. You watch that video, you watch that footage, they're, and they, they clash heads, and they're both out before they hit the ground. Yeah, they're in midair, gone. Um, um, and if it was the first time Port Adelaide had done something, maybe you could forgive them. But yeah, it's the who third. you said it was last time? It was Willem Drew? Or? Uh, no, Butters and someone else collided. Yeah. And then a few years ago, someone was totally concussed and, that is and they put them yep. back on. And then also Sam Mays in the Mays, that's VFL was, yep. oh, was um, oh, sorry, VFL, Sample was, he's from Victoria, sorry, um, in the Sample was knocked out, put back on the field with a bandaged head. And he subbed himself out of the game. He said, I can't. And he sat good. on the bench. I, um, and they played him next week, I think. They were showing the like goal of the round contenders, uh, which Frederick should win because it's been established mm. that, that pocket he kicked it from in Geelong is basically impossible to slot them from. Um, 
But it's people saying that not many key forwards could do what Tex did. And it's like he stepped around a man on the mark. One, a lot of key forwards could do that. Two, Aaliyah was zonked. <laughs> like, I feel like I could have stepped around Aaliyah on the mark in the second half of that game. Um, same Aaliyah at the start of the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, retirements, uh, a few of them come out this week. We've got mm. uh, Zeeble, uh, which is, I think, a good time for him to go. He's been yep. pretty serviceable for them again this year, but knows when it's time to go. Hearn, maybe one year too long, but I mean, he added to solicit for them points this year, so they probably yep. needed him there. Uh, Franklin, we all kind of saw that one. Um, Unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, and obviously, we've already talked about Lynch, which is the, the sad one of the lot. Um, yeah, the others are all kind of players that you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like Franklin, look, you and I obviously have talked many times this year about how we think he's gone one too many and he's just not quite as good, but provides a target. And it was worth it. Like, I feel like it was worth the gamble to have a year like Hawkins is having. Or, like, you, you never know with those keys where they could just keep enough of it there yeah. that they last one more year. And considering they were in the grand final last year, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And he was a big part of why they made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do get it. And their their forward keys are young and developing, so they need... I think he I think he locked down with Amadi, McLean, and McDonald. Amadi's looked really good this year. I think all three of those have the potential, so... Um. I'd yeah, sorry, sorry, Dico. I don't think he's going to Gold Coast. Um, <laughs> it's the weirdest call I've, I've heard. And they've got so many forward options at Gold Coast. Like they've got um, Casbolt's getting to the end. Casbolt's getting to the end, but they've got Chol and King. Um, Humphrey's a mid-sized. Uh, He'll be a midfielder option. Um, Ainsworth isn't exactly. Yeah, but like I, I, I don't think that's the right. Lukosius is is the key forward. Yeah, now. he is now. Actually, you're um, raising a good point. So it's I don't think that's the right fit at all. Um, even if the AFL do let Gold Coast have an extra spot on their list. Uh, very strange. Um, the other one is, when are we going to get the round 24 fixture? Uh, it's round 21 this week. I think it was after this week. Is it? I think is it because I the ladder's th- so close? I think because there's so much going on this round that they're waiting until next week. Yeah, I just I feel like it's rough because a lot of people travel, for especially the last round, um, and like trying to make plans and accommodation and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, it's going to be tricky for a lot of people to do it on as short a notice as it's going to be now. Look, flights um, already cost a gazillion dollars these days, so yeah, that's it's true. not going to really... Brutal. And I've, I decided I wasn't going to go over that weekend now because um, I was going to try and match up because uh, the Melbourne concert, we're gonna, you're going to go mm. to Brisbane? I'm going to Brisbane, yeah. Uh, I was going to try and match up the one in Melbourne to Geelong playing Bulldogs. Too hard. Um, but then it sold out. Uh, so, so, oh, rough. So it's fine. Um, but it's all good. It's just too much money. I can't justify so much how much flights are. Uh, I'm dirt poor. I'm yeah. lucky I'm getting a, a hand-me-down. If, <laughs> if they played footy in Canada, I feel like they've got, what a weird... they've got the balance of, like, because they're in, like, the Americas, flights are cheaper over there, mm. uh, and it's not America, and also bands come near you. So, like, it's just a shame that everyone else doesn't have the sports I like, <laughs> like the two Canada, sports that I enjoy. Canada's, Canada ain't winning the cricket anytime No, so. I don't think so. Um, all the soccer, apparently. Until he, like, they, so they, they won the women's gold medal at the Olympics. Uh, last Olympics, and they mm. lost four nil to Australia last night. Not great, not ideal. Should happen. Um, yeah, it does. It does. A, a Sam Curless Australia victory four nil really goes under the category of shit happens. Um, yeah, we had a few uh, injuries this week for for all teams. Like Cherry going out for Carlton's a big one. Not Hawkins bad. and Blixiles for Geelong is huge. That's a season um, ending. It, well, potentially, Blixiles has been arguably the most important player this year, and he's out for the season. Um, like that might make finals if they make it. Hawkins will probably be back in a couple of weeks. They said it's a very light strain, uh, but that's so huge. That's yeah. two of the most important pillars in the team. Especially losing them before you play Port in a do or die yeah. game. Uh, lucky Port have no tall defenders with Ilya gone and Jonas in the VFL. 
so that's something. Um, but it's not good. Maybe Shannon Neal plays. That'd be nice. I'd like to see it. Don't play Radicalier up forward. I would not like that. What I'd rather they played Sam DeConing up forward prob- earlier in the back They would line. probably just do Radicalier in Jack Henry in the forward line. That actually makes a lot more sense. That's probably what yeah, that's probably do. the sensible option, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's what they did at the start of the year. Neil's not getting a game. Um, Rip. I want him to. <laughs> <laughs> um, if he's supposedly the future and Hawkins is going to be there next year. This is his time, right? It doesn't make sense. Um, obviously, Sydney's injury was Buddy, but yep. that's done and dusted now. Mm. Um, Collingwood are just cruising on. They have nothing. If, yeah, it's, uh, it was 11 games 11 worth games of injury. Crazy. Um, and they still lost. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. No, this would be one of those ones they did. It's, it's the loss they had to have. You know how teams love to say that? Despite mm. the fact that like Geelong and Melbourne won their grand finals with like 10-plus game winning streaks. and Geelong's 16 in a row. Yeah. I think most teams that win or make grand finals go into the finals on a, on I, a run of five or more. I get it because I would hate to come up first or second week in finals and realise that, oh, that midfield transition game is stoppable. Mm. And it's very easy to and stop. And you only just had just had, like have yeah. to figure out how to get around it now. So I get I get the call of the loss they had to have, but um, yeah, but it's, it's whether it's, or not so close to finals now, and they can change it, or whether or not teams are like, oh wait, we can do that too. We talked about how lucky they've been the last couple of weeks to get away with wins, um, and I think this week really showed that like when a team knows what they're doing, that you can't get away with, mm. the, you can't scrape the win. Um, Port almost did it; they probably should have. Yeah, uh, and Carlton did so. It's crazy. I and mean, last week was the, the craziest week for results. Um, I got two right. Uh, I think that the fa- only two of the favourites won, and that wasn't the two I got right. <laughs> I picked GWS to beat Bulldogs, uh, but I picked Hawthorne to beat St Kilda, so I flipped that the wrong way around. Mm. Um, but it, it caused chaos in that cluster again. I think it's um, because there's so much so so much form fluctuation going on right now. Like I think I heard something about Collingwood being like 17th ranked for you know scores inside 50 or something. Yeah, transition, and I remember hearing that Essendon, despite being really good a few weeks ago, are like yeah, the bottom four ranked team right now. Um, and again, that, their first half looked great, and then they just and then you've got two teams in GWS and Carlton who looked terrible and, and now, shot. Now they look like the two best teams in the comp. They're two um, of the three informed teams. Yeah, it's it's really disappointing that um, we've had. I was talking to someone about this while I was watching the cricket last night. It's really upsetting that the top four is now so set because now mm. the start of the season happened because they don't look that much better than the rest of the teams now. I, I really feel like any team down to even 12th could beat teams in the top four on a good day. We just saw it happen. You know, and we saw Carlton, who were outside the eight when the mm-hmm. round started, beat Collingwood. We saw Port lose to Adelaide by a massive margin, who are what, 13th now. Yep. Um, and then we saw Gold Coast, who are 12th, beat Brisbane. So it's, it's a real shame to see. And then obviously Richmond looked really good against Melbourne. It's a real shame to see them so locked away. Yeah. Were they two games clear at three, I think thing, five, things top? go right, someone could sneak into the four. Yeah, like but it's a so GWS or maybe now. a Carlton if they just win everything. But um, it's not going to happen. Like Melbourne, I don't think, have a, a team inside the top eight for the rest of the year. So Kilda could do it too. Now, now that they're in there. Um, but, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's so funny. We talked about it. We defended St Kilda very yeah. badly on this show the a few weeks ago. The season went wrong. They're fifth now, comfortably, a game ahead. Yeah. Uh, they haven't dropped below sixth all year. A couple of weeks ago, there was AFL reports about how they'd done it all wrong, they'd messed everything up. 
They're still there. Hmm? They almost beat Brisbane a few weeks ago in Brisbane. They played a really good game against them. They basically locked themselves away um, if they win this they, week. They basically can't... Yeah, it's very unlikely they'll miss finals because of how much the teams in the bracket play each other now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, Carlton, GWS, Geelong... GWS play both Carlton and Geelong before the end of the year. St Kilda play both Carlton and Geelong before the end of the year. So if they win one of those, they can't miss finals. That's yeah, basically it's, it. it. It's do or die for that four-team. Um, and I'm going to say those are the four-team. Bulldogs look like they're pretty safe to make it. Yep. Um, but GWS, Carlton, Geelong, and St Kilda. Oh, Bulldogs are losing GWS, not anymore at all. I think they're the one that I'm pretty safe yeah, on. I, it, uh, but one of those four teams isn't making it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and it's probably it's, Geelong after losing to Freeman. Probably. Um, but they're, they're lucky they're coming up against the weekend port now on the weekend. Mm. Um, obviously, Alir and Jones have both been really good defensive cogs for them this year. Alir especially. Um, well, I mean, it was only a migraine. They should be playing again. Yeah, migraine. Um, but then, obviously, the, the matchups against Collingwood. Um, St Kilda and GWS are huge, uh, especially considering Geelong can't beat GWS. Uh, Doesn't seem that way. So th- they have to really win all of what those. What a weird two bogey teams. They have to win all of those now, um, if not all but Collingwood. So it is a weird two bogey teams. I feel like Geelong are the only <laughs> team, well, maybe you could argue the Bulldogs have a bogey team in GWS, but they're usually around abouts. Um, but I don't think any other team has the bogey teams of GWS and Fremantle. Not uh, good. It's not, it's not good. Um, I think St Kilda is a weird one. I don't know what's going to happen. Are they no, going to play slow? Are they going to play fla- fast? I, I genuinely yeah, don't know. Yeah, that was a I really high-scoring game from them um, on, like on the weekend again. Mm. Um, and it's only against Hawthorne. The two games against Hawthorne this year, they've had massive Their scores. last three games against Hawthorne, they've scored over 100. Yeah, that's, and that's, against everyone Hawthorne. else, they just... No. Um, and maybe it's because Hawthorne plays such a corridor game that it allows St. Kilda mm, to do the same. Rebound. Um, I heard the... I go back to Max Lynch um, when he was talking in the podcast. He was saying that Sam Mitchell's kind of... Uh, philosophy on that is that there's no point trying to do what the good teams do when you've got so many kids. Mm. You might as well learn how to do the basics of basics football, first. which is corridor score, which is why we saw Hawthorne as one of the highest scoring teams from corridor earlier in the year, which was so inflated by the fact that other teams were beating them, but they were such high scoring affairs that Collingwood Hawthorne's average score from corridor was so high. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it really well. Like You see them really challenge good teams with it. Um, and that, that's so good to see, but that's what allows St Kilda to, despite their style of football, uh, kick scores like that. But I, I'm still not sold on them. I think the team that plays them in finals will be happiest of the other sides to play. Um, but I, I think they can still get it done against good teams. You look horrified. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, Sorry, I uh, just had an existential crisis. Um how long have we been running? That's right. That's, that's enough time. It's a short episode. Short we can, episode. We, we can cut her off there. Sorry, lads. I'll um, make up for it next week. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have anything else to talk about anyway. That's the end of my notes. So we actually have a store now, which you can find at backpocket.au.com <laughs> if you want to find some very silly merch. Uh, if you want to show off your Belcho spirit or have a uh, Johnny Bairstow stubby holder. Maybe you haven't have just put our logo on a shirt or um, something. Yeah, I'll do that as well. Uh, our logo's on the back of the Belcho spirit shirt. Okay, I guess that's fair. But um, I mean, just a back pocket shirt. I'd wear a back yeah, pocket Yeah, I might make one. I'll make like a polo. We can sit here with professional boys <laughs> and have so back pocket tight. polos. Uh, anyway, um, find us at the back pocket AU on all socials, except for threads, because they don't allow you to log into two accounts at once. Really? No. Even Man, that's Instagram the does. most bare bones app ever. It's insane. They're like, oh, quick, make a Twitter. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We will see you, as always, next week. Bye.